0: Episode 334 of the Biz Talk podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Seminoff. We have a special this week at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. It's two podcasts for the price of one. We've got both mayoral candidates for interviews this week, and in this one, you'll hear from challenger Lily Wu. She won the August primary, and she and the other winner in the primary, Mayor Brandon Whipple, have gone head-to-head in debates and forums ever since. We'll get Lily Wu's thoughts on downtown beginning in just a minute. But first, here's what's in this week's edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week is more on the election of Wichita's next mayor. Managing editor Shelby Kellerman asked each candidate three specific questions that our readers indicated were of most interest to them. You'll see their detailed answers in our cover story, and that begins on page 10. Our list this week is nonprofit executive compensation. See which nonprofit leaders make the most in total compensation, and in the case of three CEOs, see how they rank nationally in terms of pay. The list is on page 8. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 26. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Lily Wu returns to the podcast after a victory in the August mayoral primary, and now she takes on incumbent Brandon Whipple in the November seventh general election. Lily, welcome back, and congratulations!
1: Thank you very much.
0: I'm interested. You announced in April. the The primary was in August, and now we've got you know a couple weeks until November seventh. I'm I'm curious. Are you a seasoned politician yet?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but what I am becoming an expert of is going all around this community. Um, I'm trying to do the job of mayor um, by already going to a lot of spaces that I believe the mayor should be. And so my schedule is packed full, uh, not only in making sure that there's a presence of someone who's there listening, making sure that they're active and engaged, um, but also at the same time trying to run a campaign uh, and also trying to get people out to vote, and as you can only imagine, also helping fundraise to get the message out to the rest of the community. Um, so I'm doing a lot of different things uh, with very limited time, and I'm excited because it's it's been a whirlwind uh, the last few months.
0: I- i asked you this question back in july when we did the podcast the first time about what you've learned about wichitans and what they want in a a mayor has that changed at all with more intensive uh woo versus whipple campaigning
1: you know what i'm hearing from folks is they want someone that they can be proud of um and every single opportunity i have to share my story with people um If there are folks that have been around for more than 30 years, I always start off by saying, thank you. I tell them thank you because I know that a free public school education is not free. Someone paid for it. And that means taxpayers paid for my education. And so I'm really grateful to them. And so I always say, thank you very much. I'm the product of your investment. You invested in me and my education. And I'm standing before you now as a leader as a learner, as a listener for this community. So you helped me grow into this person. And so it's been really exciting to be able to not just share my vision and my story, but get them excited about being proud of being a Wichitan and what a Wichita looks like.
0: you and the mayor have had debates and forums all over the place over these past few weeks, and, and a lot of the, the focus of all of those have varied. I'm, I'd like to keep our conversation to downtown and what makes for a successful downtown. I wanna start with homelessness. The, the Business Journal recently co-sponsored a mental health conference with McCowan Gordon, and you were there, we saw you there, uh, where a guest speaker and a, and a panel of stakeholders urged a couple of things. One, for businesses to get to the table and be involved in a solution. And then two a single a single entry point where all services are accessed at one place that's necessary for success do you see those as the biggest challenges and what ideas do you have to help get us closer to what we call functional zero
1: absolutely so let me start off by saying thank you for organizing um that event um, event. on thursday morning then there was another one with julia thursday afternoon i was also there So two opportunities where the mayor of Wichita could have shown up, and I believe that it requires a leader that shows up, is listening, actively engaging, and understanding the issue. Then this morning, Friday morning, 8 a.m., there was another um, meeting. Uh, It was held virtually, and it's specifically about emergency sheltering. So we have two problems right now, and I think we're not being very clear about it. We have an emergency sheltering problem that is right around the corner, and then we also have a long-term homeless situation problem that we also have to tackle. So both of these need attention, so you have a short-term goal and a long-term goal. And what I really appreciate is that I'm seeing local government, city, and county coming together, but also some state lawmakers that want to be part of the solution, too. Um, So one of the things that I even wrote that down because I thought that was very poignant. If this is a priority, we have to come together. So that means you have to show up and you have to be part of the solution in how to get us to um, a workable uh, solution, short term and long term. As much as we want this multi-agency center to just spring up overnight, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful to Sally staying for her leadership. Um, but today she even said, well, that vision, even if everything aligns perfectly, it's going to take four years. Right. So that's not a one-stop shop that is going to happen next year. Mm-hmm. So we still need a, a temporary situation where we can also uh, bring together those resources. So I believe that It's important, number one, to continue engaging and being collaborative, but also having a shared vision to send up to Topeka. So we need a legislative agenda that gets us back to some priorities, not city priorities, county priorities, South Central Kansas priorities. But let's figure out what are the things that we really want to ask and have a greater voice um, and I think that that's one of the skills that I've gained in being a Wichita and being part of nonprofits over the last 20 years is that when you have multiple voices, multiple wants, a hundred different wants, you have to narrow it down to needs. Mm-hmm. And then if you narrowed it down, the needs to just a few, you can really advocate louder because you can coalesce more people. And that's what I'm seeing even with my own campaign. People are excited because I'm very clear about the four things that I want to get accomplished. And those are four things that also, in a way, deal with homelessness um, because it brings people together. It's about public safety. It's about the economy because you do have some businesses that A, want to be compassionate, but B, they also want to make sure that business uh, is open for the community and they don't want to have people who are uncompassionately living outside of their, uh, businesses or underneath bridges. Um, and then f- finally, it's really about community building, right? So we need to come together on trying to find a solution together.
0: You know, the mayor has said that, that Wichita has put more money into homelessness under his, uh, uh, stewardship than the last, uh, however many mayors he mentioned, I think 20 years, he said, combined. Um, is it working and it, would you do something differently?
1: So obviously more money has not solved the problem. It's how you, it's how you get to uh, that solution or solutions. So as much as you want to just throw money at an issue, if it's not a coordinated effort or towards one vision, you're kind of just throwing money in, into the air and hoping that it just sticks. So, Four years ago, the homeless uh, point in time was just under 600. This year, 2023, our point in time was 702. Mm-hmm. So as much as he'd like to say that he's put money into it, that has continued increasing. It has increased under his watch. So that requires us, again, to ask, how are we better um, collaborators with nonprofits, with faith-based organizations, with uh, government at all levels and also the business community. I think that that's what's missing here. Even today during the 8 a.m. Meeting, uh, Greater Wichita partnership has been at these meetings. Uh, but this morning, um, there, there was a lack of asking folks from chamber of commerce or from reap to be at the table. And I think that they need to be asked to be at the table too, because. Even with a temporary solution it's going to cost Mm $700,000 for operations. And you can't ask that just to come from um, local government or state or uh, county government. You're also going to have to engage the philanthropic community and the business community to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm.
0: And that was a point of emphasis with the Mm -hmm. McAllen-Gordon event that we helped co-sponsor is that we got We had a lot of business leaders there, and the message was that you need to be a part of the solution and not just watching and watching what government and, and nonprofits do. Uh, let's turn to public transportation, which is part of downtown. It goes into every part of our city, but there probably aren't many people in Wichita who would say our public transit system is effective and does well. It, it doesn't get people, who need it most to their, to their places where they work, to their place of worship, to their school if that's the case. They don't run for second shifters, that's a problem. Talk about how, and, and the city has even hired a third party consultant to look at this problem. How do you think we try to solve it and does money, just I don't want to say throwing more money, but getting more money into the problem, does that have to be part of the solution?
1: I like this question because it really gets us back again to collaboration, and that's what really it comes down to. I believe that transit is a should be a regional asset. So regionally, how can we better utilize transit to not just be a Wichita transit system, but we have folks that just work right outside of the city limits, and, and they can't get to work. Mm-hmm. So we have an issue there. Um, so we need to think more regionally. In addition to, we need to think of this as a workforce asset. So we really, again, should be engaging the business community, asking job creators, especially those that have sizable numbers of individuals that come to their campus. Um, I'll take, for instance, Spirit Aerosystems. Just this week, I had a tour of Spirit, 12,000 employees. It's a major campus. And I know that they also asked the question about transit. And I think that engaging business community and asking how can we be a resource to your workforce is the question that we should be asking mm-hmm. and so engaging regionally uh sedgwick county and the entities around uh wichita so let's ask andover let's ask derby uh Mays. we need to ask them would this be an asset to your community as well to have uh transit be part of the solution and then also at the same time asking the business community, how can this be a better resource for you as an employer? Because there are obviously challenging transportation needs um, and also childcare needs mm-hmm. um, that workforce is trying to tackle. So if we engage more voices and see how we can again get back to how can this be more of a regional and workforce asset, I think that there's funding that we could ask for. At the federal state level mm-hmm. because when it's a regional asset there are other avenues to ask for some money
0: okay uh, let's turn to affordable housing both the, the, the kinds that that homeless get homeless residents off the street and the kind that our students who are going to be in our bio, biomedical campus downtown here in three or four years are going to need uh, how do you make affordable housing numbers add up downtown for developers? that what, what we're told from downtown proponents is uh, state grants that, that would entice developers to do what exactly what we need. They, those tend to go to the rural communities because they just kind of fall in line before Wichita and, and other big Kansas cities, Kansas cities do. What role should local government, play in, in those kind of enticements for developers.
1: Mm-hmm. So let me start off by reminding folks that, um, when we think about affordability and housing, which is really what most people are asking about because affordable housing is subsidized housing. What we're asking is about housing affordability right. and oftentimes, um, the, the easiest, I guess, um, solution in in your head of what is affordable housing for yourself is is it about 30 percent um rent and utilities if that is right of that area then it is affordable for you mm-hmm. um, so starting off on that topic i guess it's important for us to encourage um development um, i i think that we have to be mindful though we have a toolkit of incentives in the city of wichita And we have not really utilized those tools for housing. So there needs to be a conversation of how to incentivize properly. Um, And then because one of the three pillars that I, again, have been running on is restoring trust in City Hall, it has to be communicated really well to our community. And so you need to communicate it well. You need to be transparent about it. And then if we do provide any incentives for housing, it needs to be also an opportunity for us to hold developers accountable. Um, there needs to be callbacks and there needs to be review. So not just providing this incentive, but is there a checks and balances later on, a year later, making sure everything's still on track instead of right now where we don't talk about the project unless there's a problem. And by the time that there is a problem, then the community's already upset because didn't you just do, let, something a few years ago, and now you're saying this is an issue. The community would rather know, you know, leading up to this problem that there there's progress or non progress. And what are some of the key issues? I think it goes back down to we need to communicate better with our community and what are the resources? So affordability and housing needs to be something that our community um, should also think about as a priority, Um, but for my specific plan right now, um, it's really about collaborating more and and learning more about those tools and how they can be better utilized in the housing sector.
0: We had uh, an event called the ICT Summit a few weeks ago. Uh, You were there. And one thing we asked a panel um, of people who work in the downtown area and work for downtown, they're, you know, it's a bad term, but I call them cheerleaders for downtown. I asked their confidence level, and are we going to have enough housing units for these biomedical students here in three or four years? And they all were very, very, uh, you know, as a as a cheerleader, you're supposed to be very optimistic. Uh, should they be optimistic, or is there a reality that this is really going to be a, a question over the next few years as we get closer to that opening?
1: I think you should be cautiously optimistic. Um, When we right now, that's why I keep saying that local government has to get back to some basic core services and do them really well. When I have young women who live downtown who don't feel comfortable walking from their Broadway and Douglas location to Old Town, when it gets dark, we have an issue. Mm -hmm. You're not going to attract more people to be in that area if we don't have more people in that area in the first place. But at the same time, it really deals with safety, right? It's a feeling of safety. Mm-hmm. And so public safety has been my number one issue because that is what I'm hearing from people. They're telling me, yes, I'd like to be downtown, but I also don't feel completely safe when it when it becomes dark. So we need to correct that problem, number one, um, and that is why well, that is what I'm running on, right? Um, making sure that we try to curb the numbers because right now when you Google Wichita and crime, you don't get favorable um, data. Mm. And that is something that we need to correct. And then I, I believe that once you do well with the core services, development comes because it's going to become attractive. If it's safe, it's going to become attractive and people will want to invest and create more housing opportunities. And I also believe that the biomedical center in itself is already a transformational project that will generate that interest. So let's allow local government to focus on key areas and then let business and development focus on their key areas.
0: I want to stay with development and ask you about uh, a few weeks ago, the Kansas Democratic Party sent out a mailer that I know you've seen. Uh, it, it it basically had a headline that said, Lily Wu's economic plan, uh, and it then quotes, my boyfriend is a real estate developer. Uh, besides being, uh, besides a lack of context for that quote and an obvious lack of taste, uh, I think there were some words in there that might resonate with some voters uh, that your boyfriend is a real estate developer. He comes from a family of uh, Steve Clark is, is a legend in development here in Wichita. Um, th- I, I don't think that anybody would say that they're expecting you to do these things for the Clark family. But is it is it reasonable? I guess my question is, is it reasonable to think as a voter that you will have at least the ear, not the ear, you you will lend an ear to developers because you know how they're thinking because of of your ties.
1: Okay, let's start off with the mailer itself. (laughs) Uh, First and foremost, um, I put out a statement, and I am very clear about this. Number one, that's very sexist, um, to think that someone cannot be an independent thinker. Um, Also, my name is on the ballot. It's Lily Wu, not anybody else's, not XYZ. So Lily Wu will be on the ballot. You're voting on the character of Lily Wu. Mm -hmm. Who I'm associated with, whether boyfriend or not. Number one, I want to be very, very clear that I will not provide preferential treatment to anyone that is family, friends, or contributors, which I now have more than 800 contributors. So I want people to understand that Because people are excited about this campaign that gets us back to some basics in local government and because of a failed record of a current leadership, people are excited about change. And that change gets us back to some responsibility in local government. That third pillar is about restoring trust in City Hall. Mm -hmm. I've said it day in and day out that we need to provide greater communication, transparency, holding developers accountable, and making sure that taxpayers are not um, left with you know, empty promises by those that we get into partnership with. So we have to provide some clawbacks. So if, by any chance, any of his entities, my boyfriend or his family, come before a city council, I would recuse myself. That's number one, that's part of ethics. I would never want to violate an ethics um, board by any way. So then to answer your question, will I have the ear of developers or will they have access? Let me tell you, everyone in Wichita will have access because I will be a mayor that is much more accessible and visible and that is why I have worked overtime over the last few months to be everywhere, which gets us back to the very first question that uh, from this, you know, conversation, I have been everywhere because I believe that's the job of mayor. You need to be listening to more voices. And if they can't get to the table, you need to be at those um, areas where they're at, where they're already um, having conversations. So you need to show up and you need to listen and you need to understand, not there to just preach, Mm -hmm. right? So I want to be able to listen to those who are job creators, developers, our um, working class families. I want to uh, listen to our communities, whether it's the North End and Power, uh, the Nomar area, whether it's down south where I grew up. I want to make sure that all areas are being listened to and being understood. And then I will come up with, a, with my decision But I want to remind people again, the mayor is one person. There are seven people on that council. So there are six additional people that advocate for their specific districts that I want to coalesce and I want to work well with, and I want to be a bridge builder and a consensus builder with these teammates. And so again, let me be very clear one more time that there will not be any preferential treatment for anyone associated with me in any way.
0: Uh, kind of leads well into my next question about the next mayor is going to hold a gold shovel at, at a biomedical campus groundbreaking and exploration place as they expand. Um, plus potentially a development on the west bank of the river and the east bank of the river. Why are you the best person for that role? I've, we've talked about cheerleaders. Uh, in, in, in Wichita, you are one vote out of seven, but you are the head cheerleader, for lack of a better term. Why are you, why are you the best person for the, to be the face of Wichita?
1: You know, I've been a Wichita now 30 years. I've been a community volunteer and leader for 20 years, and I've been a reporter for the past 12 years. And being that reporter, not only have I listened to our community, I've also had the opportunity to share their stories. Um, This is an opportunity for someone who truly is a servant leader that wants to stand next to the people who actually did the work. It's not the mayor of Wichita that will be the person that helped make exploration place an expansion um, there or the biomedical center a reality or whatever happens on east or west banks. It's not the mayor. It's the individuals and multiple individuals and entities that come together to make it happen. And I just wanna stand next to, I don't wanna be the person because that's not the role of mayor. The role of mayor is to be that head ambassador that helps us bring people together toward a common vision and coalesces more people to say, yes, I'm, I believe in that vision and we need more people to believe in, in a vision. And so my vision again has been make sure that this city becomes the safest, becomes the city with the most job opportunities, becomes the city that is truly trustworthy and becomes the city that unites people together. That is the city that I want to call home for myself, for my family, And so I am excited about where Wichita is headed, and I want to be the best ambassador for the city of Wichita as someone who has been so grateful for every individual here that I consider part of my bigger family. So I'm just representing the bigger family, um, the the community of Wichita. Mm -hmm.
0: Last question as we wrap up. You and Brandon have been in debates and forums, and you you know his playbook, he knows your playbook by now. Tell me, after you get through all the BS, what are the main differences between you and Brandon? You all you want the same things, you want Wichita to succeed, but where are you most different?
1: I really believe it comes down to character. Um, I am someone that has been in this community, whether as a reporter or, or as a regular community member, I show up not just during a campaign season, but I've been in these communities even before this campaign season. My character should tell you that I'm someone who is respectful, who has kindness and compassion, that has high integrity and is honest. That was my job. (laughs) My job was to go and help reveal truth, hold people accountable. And I'm someone that, wants to empower our community. So on November 7th, when people see a ballot or prior to, they're voting on character. The character that will not embarrass you. The type of leader that you can truly be proud of. And labels will not define me. I have many different lived experiences and they're coming with me. I also have transferable skills that no, I'm not the career politician, but I bring lived experiences to this role. And that's what I'm going to bring to the table. So the main difference is, is you're really voting on a person's character and who you believe would be the best leader to move Wichita forward.
0: Well, Lily, best of luck to you on November 7th. And like you said, prior to November 7th with early voting. Uh, we hope to get you on the podcast if you're victorious afterward to talk about an agenda. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for being here. That's it for BizTalk this week, episode 334. You can find Mayor Brandon Whipple's podcast on our website at episode 335. And you can check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Biz Talk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.